It's been a while since we last spoke to you, but it's been an interesting past few days for Orange County Soccer Club fans as one of the longest tenured members of the team, Richard Chaplow, made a major announcement this weekend which will impact the future seasons of Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, He announced his retirement from professional soccer. Oh, and we have a big match coming up against Seattle Sounders tomorrow. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. As we are underway from the champion soccer stadium, first time into the box, it's a great ball, and it bolts in! Oh, it's a world-class goal from Orange County! Chaplow, Chaplow will have a go off the deflection, and it finds its way in. Selmo shooting from the corner, he put it in! And there will be no second opportunity as Andre Rawls shuts it down. This ball finds the top left corner, and Orange County has struck again. Past Hashimoto, Segbert shooting, scoring! Escalante sits on it, and Rawls somehow was ready. And I fight. And I fight over the top. And it down, it's in! Orange County equalizes! What a debut! Not only for the stadium, but for Sola Abalaji! Are you ready, Orange County? This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you each and every episode as we talk all things Orange County Soccer Club. And, uh, you know, we are joined with Dylan, but he's going to hold off on the side a little bit because we're going to start off with a very special guest here uh, on the podcast. Uh, For those of you that follow the club closely, uh, you've heard some news. Uh, this guy's been in the news. Uh, he had a, a little bit of a, a press release uh, about a career change, or at least a, an end to one part of his career. He's going to be moving on. Of course, you probably know who I'm talking about at this point, and it's Mr. Richard Chaplow. Richard, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's everything going for you today? Very well, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. Definitely, and I want to, uh, A, welcome you back to the uh, Orange and Black Soccer Cast. You were here on our very first episode, which we definitely appreciated. And then, B, um, congratulations, I guess, on your, I don't know if congratulations maybe is the exact word that people would always use, but congratulations on your, uh, you know, your decision. You, I'm sure you have some plans moving forward after this. Uh, you know, just really quick, you know, what, uh, can you give our, our fans a little bit of a, a rundown, maybe, you know, 30-second rundown of uh, how this decision came about? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's something I've actually been sitting on for for a couple of months now. Um, when I say sitting on, I mean I came to a decision a couple of months ago. Um, I, it's just been a little bit of a frustrating season for me uh, in respect of niggly injuries. And um, although I've managed to scrape together nearly nineteen to twenty appearances, um, quite a few of them have obviously been from from the bench. So. From my side of things, as uh, and, and how I want to influence the team, uh, it's not quite gone to plan. Um, and ultimately, I I want to influence the team and have, have as much of, of a hold on that as possible. So, um, with that going forward, I feel that you know maybe uh, maybe now is the time to uh, to call it a day. You know, it's been uh, it's been a long time for me um, since I started as a full time 
um, professional footballer. Um, so next year would have been my 18th season. Um, so 17 years of uh, training five to six days a week and uh, playing weekends. And um, it's definitely taken its toll on the, on the body a little bit. So, um, you know, I would have liked to maybe have got at least another 12 months out of myself. But uh, I think uh, it just felt the right thing to do with the way that this season's gone for myself. No, definitely understand. And, and you know, it, it's probably uh, a you know good opportunity, you know, to sort of go out. I know it's not exactly on your terms, but uh, you always hear sometimes with professional athletes that maybe they stay a little bit too long, maybe one or two extra seasons. Um, you've still been able to be very productive uh, and the times that you're out on the pitch for, for Orange County, which is uh, definitely a good thing. Uh, you know, as fans, we've noticed, you know, you bring a, a certain amount of leadership out there uh, with your experience. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, this would this is it this season or next season would have been your 18th season. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot there. Yeah, so I've, uh, this is my 17th. Next year will be my 18th. And that was basically uh, when I came, I wanted to try and get to, to 35 if I could play. And that was always my target. Obviously, I'll be 34 at the start of next season. Um, so I'm currently 33 years old. Um, so one more season would have been would have been lovely. Uh, but I think it's just one of them things, you know, you know yourself when it's time to go. Uh, it's time to step aside. And, and although I feel that I still have probably more games under my, uh, I could probably have more games under my belt uh, next year, I just wouldn't be able to influence, I don't think, the games how I would like to do on the pitch. So once that starts, uh, falling away for me and I can't contribute as much as I would like I, I don't want to be on the pitch and I find it uh, obviously frustrating from from the uh, personal point of view so moving forward you know I then uh, close one door and, and open another and, and see where see where the next journey takes me no, definitely. And just a question for you on it is, I, I, you know, you started your career as a professional, you know, like you said, 17 years ago, I think that was at Burnley. Um, did you, when you made your first appearance out there on, you know, as a professional, did you ever see, like, did, could you have pictured back then that you would have had this long of a career that it, that would have spanned, you know, basically all the way on the other side of the world as well here in California? Um, or has this just been a sort of a dream that uh, is still an ongoing dream, I guess? Yeah, I mean, um, as a as a young boy growing up, my only dream was to be a professional footballer. It's it's one of them uh, one of them jobs that coming through school, you would tell the teachers, and when you got asked what you want to be when you're older, oh, I want to be a footballer, or and and you know, <laughs> yeah, that's good. But what do you really want to be? And uh, I would say, no, I really want to be a footballer. You know, and uh, I was I was obviously very good growing up, but I actually got to a point when I got. 15, 16, where um, the the progression kind of plateaued a little bit, and I levelled out as a player. And uh, I was then told at that point that maybe you know I should go and seek uh, a further education. And, but uh, luckily for me, I, I was able to still get uh, a contract when I left school to become full time, and I did that. And uh, eighteen months later, you know, I, I made my debut. But uh, I made my debut actually with a good friend of mine who come through the ranks with me at the youth system at Burnley and he played that whole season with me but literally two years later he was he was out of the game and, and not playing and now he's just playing for fun with his friends so it's easy to fall out it's uh, it really is a ruthless industry uh, I've been incredibly lucky and uh, I'm very very grateful for, for what I've been given uh, for the experiences I've had 
Um, and I suppose you just take, you literally take every season as, as I suppose as it's going to be your last and just enjoy every moment. So uh, very, very lucky and uh, blown away really that as looking back now at what I've achieved, uh, it, it's been big for me and it was always, all, always my dream. But um, no, I don't think you can ever forecast uh, exactly how things are going to go. So uh, things probably could have gone slightly better, but it definitely could have gone way, way worse. So uh, I'm very, very grateful for that. Well, no, definitely. And, and, you know, you spent most of your career out in England. Um, you know, I think you played in the Premier League. You played in uh, the Championship. Uh, I don't know. Did you ever make your way down to League One or uh, League Two at any point in your career? Uh, and I guess, it, and secondly on that, I guess, is, you know, USL recently rebranded. What are your thoughts on on sort of the copying or the mimicking of the English, you know, naming system there? Yeah, um, you're correct there. I did play, um, I played most of my games. I would say probably 85% of the 400 games were in the championship. Uh, the other were in the premiership and uh, I played for uh, 10 months in, in League One uh, before I came out here. So um, kind of done a little bit of everything, but the majority has been at the championship, which is very, obviously very, very competitive level. Um, in respect to the USL, um, mirroring the uh the structure and the pyramid in england i think it's important that uh, it's something that i've struggled to get to grips with i think being in this country how they set the the leagues up so in respect to top eight or playoffs you don't really get much of recognition or reward for winning uh, a 34 game season which for me is far far harder than winning five games in the playoffs and you know picking up the shield um I think the consistency uh, base of uh, an English season is what makes the season exciting. Every game counts, you know, where um, in this country, it's all about getting to the final eight and then knockout, uh, which is a strange one. So it's almost sort of like the, the FA Cup for people that are, that follow English football. Um, so I think it, it's fantastic that they're trying to build uh, more leagues and more tiers, which potentially could in the future lead to you know relegation and, and promotion. Um, I firmly believe that it brings the best out of not only the players, it makes it a little bit more exciting for the fans, uh, but it also really makes the, the clubs strive to be the best uh, because obviously relegation is something that you do not want as a football club or as a soccer club a franchise and uh, obviously promotion brings with it the rewards so it, it drives people to be better uh, and that's my personal experiences of it no definitely and uh you know i i follow english soccer quite a bit so i i'm i'm familiar and i, I know a lot of uh, people that are very familiar with soccer in general sort of understand that it's i get your point with the whole americanized americanization of sports where it's you know fight for the playoffs and then once you get to the playoffs anything can happen type thing uh, and that's where the focus is on american sports so i get the the confusion there um so really quick if you can just share because you know there are a lot of newer orange county fans um, they may not not may not know but sorry how did it lead up to you getting to orange county i know I'm sure being a player in England, you know, Orange County wasn't like start on your map saying this is my my goal is to get to play in a tier two of U.S. soccer in Orange County. But sort of let us know briefly, like, how did that come about or how did you make your way out here? Um, basically, I, I felt like I'd I'd not conquered England, but I felt like I'd achieved everything I could achieve in England, um, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I didn't feel that... At, 
30 years old, I was going to have the opportunity to get back to the Premiership, which was always the goal. Um, so at that point, uh, having played uh, 13, 14 years uh, in the Championship, um, challenged myself at the Premiership, etc., etc. I didn't want to, I suppose I wanted a fresh challenge, you know, and uh, this opportunity came up. Uh, we actually have family all, um, down towards LA in Redondo Beach, so I was very familiar with with the area and everything like that. And uh, you know, I I was basically sold on on the project that was uh, put in front of me by Oliver Oliver Weese and um, and Peter Nugent, the, the head of rec- uh, recruitment at the time. And uh, you know, they laid it out and showed me exactly which way they wanted to take the club and um, how they wanted to grow the the franchise. And for me, it was exciting because it allowed me to be something that was bigger than myself. Uh, I spoke earlier about liking, I like to influence things as much as possible. Uh, I like to leave things a little bit better than than what I found them, if you will. And uh, I found this the the perfect opportunity to be part of something and grow within something and also help help that growth and also off the back of that, have some self-satisfaction. So it was it was mainly the project that was sold to me and and true to the word they've they've done an amazing job uh taking this uh franchise from strength to strength over the, the last two and a half years since i've been here uh and i know things are only going to get bigger and better so uh, it's, it's actually amazing to see the growth every year and, and how much we're progressing no, and definitely, and, and you, you know, you being a part of that, we've uh, as fans, we've definitely seen that. Uh, you know, you've had an influence, and you've you've definitely helped some of the younger players um, figure their their way out uh, in the league, and just sort of as a professional in soccer. So, uh, you know, as fans, we 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 love to see that, and we're glad you were wearing uh, the colors. I know you joined us when we were the Blues, right when we transitioned into Orange County Soccer Club. Um, so we definitely appreciate you know what you did for the club and all that, and just for soccer in general, in Orange County. Um, so now looking forward, you, you made the announcement that this will be your final season. Uh, I know there's still a few games left in the season and hopefully, uh, your season gets a little bit more extended, um, into the late parts or, I mean, sorry, the early parts of November, but, um, do you have any uh, thoughts on what your, uh, future holds for soccer? I, I, I think there's been some, um, hints at possibly, um, getting into coaching. Um, is, is that sort of the, the idea is to head into that type of role? Um, I think I think definitely uh, try and stay in the game in some way, shape, or form. Uh, like I said, I have I have a, a huge love love for this game. It's basically all I've known for my my whole life. So um, I have obviously a lot of knowledge and experiences from my from my background and my time playing. And uh, I think for me to go a different route right now would is not something that I'm too open with. I, I'm I'm very much still uh, in love with the game, I very much still want to be part of it. Um, so for me, I think the natural progression will be yes to, to try and uh, go into the coaching side of things and and, and influence the next uh, crop of players coming through or, or whichever team I'm, I'm part of. Uh, for me, I, I would find a lot of satisfaction in, in being able to, like I said earlier, I have, a, I have a big thing about being able to influence people, help people, leave things in a better in a better way. So. Uh, I think coaching ticks all them boxes for me. You know, it's uh, I've been coaching a little bit while I've been over here on the side as well as playing to try and smooth out that transition uh, and sort of get get them minutes of, and hours on the pitch, which you naturally need to progress and become better. Uh, 
and and sort of learn about yourself as as a coach and what works for you and what doesn't. Uh, so I've been trying to do that as frequently as possible, uh, with what, always having one eye on the future. And um, yeah, and like I said, everything kind of just aligned right right for me. It just felt the right time to hang the boots up. It felt like it was the perfect time to to transition now into the next stage, which is going to be coaching in some capacity. Um, it's just a matter now of finding out where that's going to be. No, definitely. And and uh, so you mentioned you've done already been doing a little bit of coaching. Um, so I I would assume then you've probably already started the process of getting some of your coaching badges. Um, so that way you have or your licenses or whatever uh, is needed or how have you pretty much uh, acquired those or are you working on getting those or um, I, I'm not really familiar with that process, but I know there is a process on that. Um, how's that uh, looking for you? Yeah, it's um, it's actually pretty difficult to get the licenses uh, while playing in the US. Uh, in England, they have a structure set up. Um, the PFA, the Professional Football Association, that is the governing body of of the professional footballers and, and overseas all the leagues. The way they do it and the way they structure it, which is fantastic, is that they run courses on the side purely for, for footballers and they run them at certain times of the year when the season's finished so you can actually go and, and obviously be part of that. Because um, that, obviously, during the season, it's, you know, these badges, these licences, they, they take literally six months to get. Uh, so they would do, uh, over the period of two years, like a crash course, if you will. Uh, and compress it all, way, all the way down uh, to allow professional footballers while playing to, to go and get them qualifications. Now, in the US, it's a little bit different. Uh, they don't have any uh, courses running in the off-season. Uh, the only time they have them running is through the season, um, which obviously doesn't cater to somebody in, in my shoes right now. So I've actually had to wait, uh, and I'm going to have to wait until next year to start, to start doing them. Uh, I, I went and got uh, the minimum, the minimum coaching badge that I could get, the license I could get, which allowed me to then assist on on teams, uh, some club teams, which I was able to obviously be on the sideline and, and, and legally help out um, and volunteer as it was. Um, but yeah, to actually get the the licenses I need to coach at, I don't know, say a professional level or at a good a good club level, um, I will be doing that in the very very near future. Um, hopefully starting around about February next year, all being well. Well, definitely uh, a good goal there to have. And, um, you know, do you, do you have any preference uh, as far as your coaching future? Like if you could, you know, be in control of where you sort of end up, are you looking at maybe staying more uh, stateside or maybe heading back to Europe? Or um, is there any thoughts on what you've uh, preferred on that? Yeah, um, I think part of, of also coming over here as a player was to to see how we found it as a family to live in here. It's obviously <laughs> it's a lot different than in England for for many ways. Some some for the for the good and and obviously some for the bad. It's uh, it's not easy not always being close to your family and your mum and dad and your brothers and, uh, and whatnot. But um, you know, there's a lot of positives for us here. We've we've really loved living in California, and uh, for that reason. I secured a green card uh, about four months ago now for the, for us and for me and the whole family. So the plan is definitely to stay in the in, in the states and uh, coach from coach from here for the foreseeable future. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I don't really know what the future holds. So uh, I never say anything is concrete. I'm fully. Uh, I've always been quite uh, spontaneous, if you will. So um, 
we'll just I'll just see what comes my way and if there's a an opportunity that I can't turn down back in England then then naturally I would I would consider that. But um it's looking like definitely for the next at least two years or, or three years that I'm gonna be uh you know staying in the States and uh, hopefully being able to uh to get that coaching going, yeah. Yeah, hopefully uh you know, hopefully you can find yourself a, a good Indian restaurant uh, wherever you decide to end up uh, in the States. Because I know uh, when we spoke uh, last time, that was one of those things that you just, you know, it's difficult to find, especially probably in Orange County. It's very difficult to find uh, some good Indian food. Um, last thing I want to just sort of uh, ask you is if you can maybe share or if you, if you have one, uh, just like a, a, a favorite highlight or a favorite moment of your career with Orange County. Um, do you have one that comes to mind? Um, favorite moment. That's a difficult one. Um, I think uh, I have a lot of um, bad memories, such as breaking my leg. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, uh, I guess. Hopefully, you, you you can make a good moment at the end of this season. Would would be a great yeah, way I to think, do it. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think. Uh, to be honest, the probably the best moment we've had was uh, in in my first season. Obviously, last year we missed out on uh, on the playoffs and whatnot. So, um, you know, it was. Uh, it was probably when we came back uh, and scored three goals right at the end of uh, the season as a Blues to, and we needed three goals diff, goal difference I think it was uh, or we needed to win the game by three goals and with five minutes to play we needed to score two or three I can't fully remember and uh, we somehow managed to get all three and scrape into the playoffs into eighth place now obviously them sort of things don't going into the play. I mean, that's almost like getting promoted in England, you know, where you scrape into the top two and get automatic promotion or oh, you yeah. scrape into the playoffs. So uh, that was a, that was massive. I think that was probably the highlight so far. Um, but you know, this year we're going what we're going one better. Uh, this year has been by far the most consistent and, and the best performance from the team we've had since I've arrived. It's been by far the best squad. By far the best team spirit, coaching staff, setup, everything has has far exceeded previous seasons. Um, obviously, credit to 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 James and and Oliver for for creating that environment. And uh, you know, we're hoping that we can now finish off as strongly as possible. Um, I'd love to go out on a on a high. Uh, it'd be lovely to go out on a successful season. Um, and and hopefully we can you know win the win the Western Conference and then. Uh, stay strong and perform well in the playoffs and see how we go in that. Um, so without doubt, if that happens, that will by far blow the other memory out of the water. Um, <laughs> but let's just hope, uh, fingers crossed, you know, that we can we can keep this rug going and uh, stay strong and stay together resolute and uh, keep, keep ticking them wins off. Oh, for sure. And, and as fans, yeah, we definitely want to see you guys make a far, a long push in those playoffs and all the way to the, the last uh, final match and hopefully see... Uh, you get a chance to lift that USL trophy as sort of a last uh, moment as a professional player uh, out here. So I know um, just sort of you talked about that OC Blues uh, match. I know uh, when we talked a few weeks ago, Dylan um, had mentioned that used to be his favorite moment up until uh, the recent OKC match where you guys scored, I think, two goals in extra time to sort of steal a victory from OKC. So uh, I, I I guess he agrees with you on on that past <laughs> glory, and I'm sure he'd love to see you lift the USL trophy at the end of the season as well. So, um, so uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Richard Chaplow. He's been an amazing part of this team. He's helped grow this team, as you've heard. 
Um, he's become uh, you know, a favorite of the fans out there, uh, including myself. I've loved seeing you out in the pitch whenever we get a chance to. Uh, I, unfortunately, not as often as probably would have loved to see the season, but at least uh, it's good to see that you're back in form. It looks like you're ready to help uh, make a push through the playoffs with this team. So hopefully that uh, that that reality or that becomes a reality as far as uh, seeing where you go. Uh, Richard, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your uh, busy day to uh, join us here on the podcast and sort of share some memories and some thoughts with uh, our fans. Definitely know they'll love to hear it um, either live on this broadcast or um, when we release the podcast on Friday. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it coming on. Uh, it's very kind of you to, uh, to offer. And, and definitely, you know, uh, best of luck to you and the guys in, in the playoffs or the remainder of the season in the playoffs. And, you know, if that coaching thing never works out, we, we you know, Dylan and I always have an open seat for you here with the podcast if you ever think of getting into <laughs> the podcasting I, career. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I've, thank you. I've, I've done a, a lot of interviews, as you can probably imagine, in my uh, 17 years coming through. And, uh, I don't know if I have a natural talent for the radio or not, but um, I think my strength definitely lies just in the interview process and maybe not in hosting a show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely understand. Well, thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen. That's Richard Chaplow, the midfielder for your Orange County Soccer Club. Thanks again, uh, once again, Richard. No problems. Anytime, guys. All right. Thank you. All right, so that was Richard Chaplow, your midfielder for Orange County Soccer Club, uh, coming on, uh, sharing some thoughts. And it's, you know, amazing thing we got to hear some of that. And unfortunately, I would have loved to be able to allow Dylan to, to ask some of the questions. He actually typed some questions for me to ask with a little bit of technical difficulties, getting it where uh, Richard could hear Dylan. One of the, the many things when you're doing sort of this uh, at-home podcast thing where Dylan's in one house, I'm in a different house, and then we have someone on the phone like Richard Chaplow. Um, I, we, me and Dylan were working feverishly before we got started and we just couldn't find a way to get that to work out perfectly. But, um, we do have Dylan, uh, back with us now, I guess, Dylan, um, Counterline Coalition, welcome to the, to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Ray. Uh, I know you yeah. got to sort of hear what was going on with that conversation and, and thanks for some of those question options on there. Um, you know, uh, what do you know? Just your your brief thirty seconds, one minute thoughts on Richard Chaplow and his career with Orange County, and just sort of um, maybe what you just anything say something. <laughs> Alrighty, um, I it's hard to say. I'm I'm really glad that he's finishing up his career here. Hi, I'm joined with a special guest today, and Eva, my sister's cat. Um, Did you say evil? Eva, like Eva, the, uh, Eva. Mispronunciation of the Wally robot. Um, Eva. Yeah. Now we're going to get sued by Disney. That's fine. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm bummed that he's retiring. Um, I was hoping to get maybe another season uh, of him in Orange County. Well, I think Jersey. he was saying he wanted another season too. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I'm glad that that we really have a good uh, a good club and a good squad this year for him to, to see out his final season. Um, I mean, moving forward, I wish him nothing but the best. And... I mean, what to even say? He's been nothing but helpful and, and kind anytime we've we've asked him questions. and So anything moving forward should be nice. No, but definitely. Is, it, you are not allowed. <laughs> you don't know anything about soccer. Get away. <laughs> well, and, you know, the amazing thing with, with Richard is, you know, when we started this podcast, we were basically little known. I mean, I don't even think at the point when we were first starting, most of Counterline Collision didn't know who I was. I, I know they knew you, Dylan. Uh, I sort of just came out of nowhere and said, hey, I want to start a podcast. The club's like, you know, you have a pretty good background with some sports media. Let's try this out. And 
um, we got this thing started and um, you know I, I asked the club hey, is there any players that maybe we can get for that first episode and and Richard was the one they provided Richard was definitely a great uh, a great first guest to have because he just he's he's wonderful just answering questions and that first time we had him on here we were asking him some some fun questions and they're sort of you know we got into the whole what movie has made you cry and and things like that or I think I asked him you know who he thought was going to win the World Cup and all that fun stuff um, but he was definitely you know a very professional but he's also just very you know I, it feels like someone that the fans would be able to talk with and, and he definitely sounds like someone that would want to share information with the fans is you, you can get some of these athletes I, I know this is USL's second tier uh, soccer but you, you get some athletes around the world that I don't know maybe get to the point where they're like uh, who are you type thing um, so definitely appreciate and, and when we found out about his retirement I sort of reached out to him ask hey can you know we take you know 10 minutes out of your time or so just to sort of ask you some questions uh, and he was more than willing to help uh, or to join us and come um, discuss that so uh, definitely a great guy um, it will be sad next season when he's not wearing the colors of orange and black and white. Um, you know, maybe I, I would love maybe to see the front office or see the coaching staff, maybe offer him um, some sort of position with the club. It would be great to sort of see that. And he's been sort of that one stabilizing um, member of the team over the last few seasons. So uh, any chance that he'd be able to stay with the team would be awesome. I'm not saying any, you know, that's anywhere in the cards, but um, you know, Richard Chaplow, uh, you know, thanks for coming on and, and thanks for everything you've done for Orange County. Um, as a newer fan, I, I, I still appreciate everything you've done for this team and what I've seen. So, all right. Um, so let's do this. We've uh, discussed Richard Chaplow a little bit there. We have a game coming up here actually uh, tomorrow uh, against Seattle. I think it's Seattle Sounders 2, correct, Dylan? Sounders 2. Correct. Um, which. Definitely is, I guess, a must-win because Phoenix has just been in, in a nice run of form lately, too. And although Phoenix has all the control, if they win out, they've got that first seed. Um, you want to still fight and hope you know, hope that they stumble. I think they have a match coming up against Reno, which might be a tough one, but so do we. Um, any thoughts that you have heading into this match, Dylan? Um, I mean, it's, a, it's a, obviously a must-win. And also, it's a, uh, a should-win as well. Um, Seattle is second bottom of the table as they've been for uh, a while. They're on five wins for the season um, and six draws. And obviously one of those draws was earlier uh, up in Seattle or actually up in Tacoma against Orange County. And we talked about it being massively disappointing and uh, a pretty big underperformance from the team. And we saw them turn it around with the, I think now four successive wins. So, uh, obviously, we have the quality to beat uh, Sounders too. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Sounders too. Their attack seems to be pretty um, proficient on the counterattacks, and that's something I think a few times this season we've noticed uh, we struggled defensively against a sound, uh, counterattack, especially those from set pieces, uh, corners, or uh, attacking free kicks, really. Um, We've been beat a few times on, on getting back and preventing from those. Hi, Eva. Yeah? Your cat wants all your attention, or your sister's cat wants all of your attention to Yeah, she wants everyone <laughs> to know uh, that Sounders 2 uh, aren't an issue and that Orange County will thoroughly destroy them. Don't say that, Dylan. 
Well, do not say that. I'm translating cat meows. Very, <laughs> uh, very talented. Um, I, I guess the hope would be on is, is you know, the, the eye is on the prize. Now you can see, I mean, that trophy is now shining in front of these players' eyes. It's not like uh, a month or two ago where it still was a long journey to get there. Uh, what we have two matches left in the regular season, then we have hopefully uh, four matches in the playoffs. Uh, so six matches to go at this point. The players should be seeing that, that shine of the USL Cup uh, and, and the hopes of lifting that trophy. And I'm hoping, uh, you know, with the announcement from Richard Chaplow, um, maybe that will give a little bit of extra incentive for the players to, you know, fight a little extra harder to give him the opportunity to go out on top. Um, not many athletes get that opportunity. Uh, so it'd be amazing if, uh, you know, that gives just sort of a little extra edge or extra, you know, fight um, for whatever you want to call it for, uh, you know, the rest of the players out there in Orange County. Um, Seattle scares me slightly just because of what we've experienced with some of these matches. These, you know, pretty much should win matches. Um, but it's a home match. There's going to be sort of some celebrating going on, or at least uh, celebrating the career of Richard Chaplow. I think the club has maybe some pregame things uh, set. They probably, I don't know, maybe we'll have like a little highlight video or something to show on the big screen. And I'm sure they'll be announcing it. And hopefully there's plenty of fans out there that will show their love for uh, for Richard uh, at the match. And maybe that'll just give a little bit extra incentive to these players. And uh, there's even more for them to fight for now to try and get the uh, win, win these next six matches, basically. Yeah, I think the materialization of, of the cup being so close now um, is going to be enough to to reiterate that focus that they've had for most of the season. And I think probably one of the biggest things is um, with it being that close now, uh, there's no no more room for complacency. And so we, we really shouldn't have any results. Um, like the first match against Seattle too, I think everyone's going to be focused on and, and Chaplin himself, I'm sure, is going to be extremely focused even making his, his 400th appearance in his final uh What's likely to be his final regular season appearance, I think. Uh, that focus and, and that drive to, to go out on top should be enough to, if nothing else, if not the quality difference, should be enough to get us through. Oh, yeah. Um, now, uh, so we know, you know, the focus will be, or at least player-wise focus, you're going to be looking at Richard Chapel. I'm sure the club has a lot going on for him. But there's going to be other players that I think as fans and just sort of soccer fans slash experts – we're going to be looking at it this match. Uh, you know, Michael Seaton is one of those ones that uh, is very dangerous on attack along with Thomas Intervolt. And I think that combo uh, is definitely a big combo for this club. And we're, you know, they're, they're the key goal scorers. I know you have other ones like Aiden Quinn scoring some goals for us this season, and he may be sort of the best all around player on this team. Um, but I think looking at the way we've played, I think even in some of these recent matches, the defense has still been a little bit shaky, so we definitely need our offense to um, come out and perform at their top level um, to guarantee the victory. Uh, I'm I'm looking at those two players as being the ones maybe that are going to be the key ones to be looking at at this match, and hopefully we can get two, three, maybe even four goals out of them uh, against Seattle. Yeah, um, I'm hoping for a bit of a defensive shakeup this week. Um, Carnali has not had the best of the last two games. Walker Hume? There you go, and uh, you know, and I didn't even get to bring up uh, Michael <laughs> Seaton, so that's all on you. But I think uh, maybe moving forward in these next two weeks, I don't know if Cornelli's just been unsettled a little bit, um, or if he's just been having some bad games. But 
Um, he's had, I'd say, two uh, pretty poor performances by his, uh, at least by my judgment, but probably his as well. Um, and and maybe having Joel Nielsen um, or your Schofield come in alongside Walker Hume might be the uh, the better option if that's just having uh, Cornali settle back in or uh, motivating him to to get back into things. Um, might be time for a bit of a change before uh, the do or die the playoffs. You know, I I wouldn't mind those changes. Maybe give Cornali a chance to sort of sorry, excuse me, sort of uh, get back uh, and maybe just sort of be able to watch a match and get back into things. Um, Josh Hoyveld, you know, we can get him in there as long as he just promises he's not going to make one of those, you know, mistakes that he seems to make at every single match, either um, a penalty or something like right outside of the box or just sort of uh, maybe a, a random play where the ball, he lets the ball get by him. Um I mean, it's usually just once or twice in a game that he does that, and usually the rest of his performance is great. So, um, you know, I probably would love to see Walker Hume and uh, Jewel Nielsen back there because I think they've probably been, out of all of our center backs, the the more steady ones throughout the whole season. Uh, I know Cronalli's been pretty good for us, uh, but like, like you mentioned just sort of more recently, he's maybe been struggling a little bit out there. And who knows, you know, there's been talk about him being with Columbus and back here and... I think Columbus recently you made comments about you know playing the youngsters or, or whatever is that they said. So maybe there was a thought that he was going to be there, and now he's back with Orange County. So that can just be that can play with a player's mind probably too. So yeah, and um, I'm sure the the little trip he had out to Columbus a few weeks ago didn't help anything. Uh, I know we talked about that during one of the um, one of the live updates during one of the matches. But I think having Hume and Jill Nielsen be the the two center backs that were originally signed for the season probably helps to having that stability back there. Um, they've been here. They don't have to worry about flying back to Columbus. They didn't come in midway through the season um, and get, kind of get thrown into things. So, I mean, um, Braden Cloutier and, and people around the league, is, as well as us, have mentioned the depth that the squad has and, and our ability to rotate. So doing that now seems like a pretty strong option, even if it's just getting Cronali some rest. We're getting everyone else ready for the playoffs. So now we're, we're talking a little bit about the defense here. And I was recently uh, listening to one of our BGN partners, the USL show. Um, they cover pretty much all of the league. And they were sort of doing a rundown of scoring. And it got to the Orange County uh, match, I believe. Uh, their recent match was, was Las Vegas. It was such a long time ago, I think. Um, and it came down to the question, because that score was, I think, a 5-3 score. Uh, those those you know few experts over there if you you know at the usl show were sort of questioning um with the shaky defense that orange county has showed throughout the season um you know can they legitimately be considered a threat to fc cincinnati i i think almost any usl fan and when i say usl fan i mean a fan of usl not just of soccer um would love anyone to beat fc cincinnati i think fc cincinnati is like the the biggest enemy to all clubs in the USL. Um, but they sort of question that because, I mean, there's been some shakiness with some of the Orange County defense throughout the season. So um, I hope that Dylan's maybe correct on that. Maybe we're going to see a little bit more of uh, a stronger defensive performance this match uh, in preparation of making our way uh, into the playoffs. Um, 
Really quick while I was bringing it up, let's just talk about it. Remember that our podcast is part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm. You can find our podcast. You can find the USL Show. You can find many other podcasts on there. Um, Our friends from Rising is One, Dominic, came on our podcast once once upon a time, I guess. And they're part of that network, too. So you can go find uh, all those wonderful USL and soccer podcasts over there. Um, You can also check out some of their written work. they do a lot of great stuff. Follow them on Twitter at the BGNFM. Um, also look for Orange County News on Angels on Parade, which is part of SP Nation, angelsonparade.com. Uh, we've had wonderful guest Alicia from that blog uh, on a few times, and it's another great place to find uh, Orange County News uh, and great coverage. So check all those out. Um, so let's do our prediction then for this Seattle match. Uh, what are your thoughts score wise? Uh, let's just do score. We don't even have to pick goal scores unless you really want to, Dylan. Uh, what do you think the final score is going to be uh, on Saturday? You know, I'm going to be a little optimistic here. I'm going to say it's been a few weeks. Um, it's time for Orange County to get another clean sheet. So um, two nil Orange County. All right, not a bad score. Um, I'm going to go a little bit more of a goal punch from Orange County. I'm going to call it as a 4-1 victory for Orange County. Um, a little bit better defensively than our last match. I still don't, I'm, I'm not 100% sure on a shutout, especially just sort of the way Seattle played on the counterattack the last time these two teams matched up. Um, that sort of troubled Orange County a little bit, and I think maybe that will trouble them a little bit in this match, but... Um, 4-1 score, and I don't think it's going to be much of a challenge for Orange County. I just don't see them keeping the clean sheet. Um, But a full three points and at least a better defensive effort if they come away with that score uh, score line there. So Um, so what to talk about next? A couple things that I know, uh, well, at least one thing for sure, I know I wanted to just sort of discuss a little bit is um, it was recently, I think it was it today or yesterday, announced uh, the actual day and time of the USL final. Uh, it'll be televised on ESPN2. Uh, it'll be on a Thursday evening at 5 o'clock Pacific time. So if somehow FC Cincinnati gets knocked out, Orange County makes it all the way through, and Orange County's hosting the final, uh, that means Orange County fans are going to have to try and find a way to get out of work early, head, your, head out to the stadium roughly 3.30, 4 o'clock-ish to start you know, the celebration there and make sure we have a packed house at 5 o'clock kickoff time. Uh, Dylan, if that does happen and it is Orange County hosting that final, how optimistic are you that there will be a decent turnout of the fan base for the kickoff? Oh, I'd imagine it would, it would be a sellout. I think the excitement of having an Orange County uh, playoff team and a final for the first time in... God, what, 11 years, I think? Um, and that, that's just all Orange County sports. On top of just the the general excitement from uh, people at the club and fans of the club and the County Line Coalition and everything, I think we'd be able to bring out some good good numbers, probably sell out that match, and hopefully uh, see a packed house for a, for a win. You, you've got a lot of faith in Southern California um, sports fans. Um, it's difficult enough to get people at a seven o'clock um, uh, first pitch for baseball or or whatnot or tip off for basketball at start time at a seven or seven thirty start time uh, for a major league, uh, let alone um, you know this is USL. Uh, it is a five o'clock kickoff on a Thursday, so it's not like 
it's, it's at a time when most people are just getting off work. So that means you're going to have a lot of people, if you want to get a packed house there, having to leave really early from work. Um, I just don't see, I don't see there being enough people willing to do that. I, I think we'll, you know, it'll be a better turnout probably than what most games would be. Most regular season games would be. But I just I, I'm a little concerned and I'm sure there's other fans that might be a little concerned about that as well as if it ends up being uh, an Orange County hosted match at five o'clock on a Thursday. Uh, how will that impact the crowd, at least for kickoff? Doesn't mean that, you know, by halftime you don't have a full full house. But I'm just wondering or worried um, if you have that lack of a full stadium at kickoff, how that impacts the energy, not just for the, the stadium, but for Orange County. So. That's my my thought on it, but I, I agree with you. I think it still would be able to help draw some some fans out there, which definitely would love to see. Um, I know we've posted on our Twitter about uh, you know Orange County Soccer Club being the only playoff team or the only local playoff team here in Orange County. Um, you might have some options out in LA County, but for Orange County, really, that's your choice. There's not baseball playoffs. Hockey season's just underway. We don't have uh, NFL or basketball in Orange County, so. If you want playoffs, you got to go to USL. And luckily, at least Orange County is at least hosting one match uh, for the playoffs, which is awesome. I already, uh, my family's already purchased our our tickets for. We we bought that, you know, one of those wonderful three game plans. Um, hopefully, we'll get to use all three of those tickets. Um, what else, Dylan? Any other things that you can think of uh, that are worth talking about today? Um. Maybe uh, our little our friends at the club and their little mishap on Twitter today. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, for those of you uh, that are listening to the live broadcast or even listening to the podcast, maybe by the time this is released on the podcast, the issue is fixed. But apparently, uh, there's been some hack or, or not some hacking. There's the Orange County Soccer Club Twitter account seems to have been hacked. Um, if not hacked, then there's some strong political views going on, which I doubt from the club. So definitely a lens to think that there's some sort of hacking going on. Um, and, uh, you know, sort of sucks that that happens that people, I mean, I, I, I saw your tweet earlier, um, Dylan on it, that sort of OC made it, I guess, uh, the fact that someone's willing to try and hack a, a minor league soccer team or a second division soccer teams, Twitter account with what 9,000 something followers, um, I guess it means something. I mean, I guess that makes me sad that our our account didn't get hacked because then we don't mean as much. But um, I'm glad we didn't. I'm going to check it right now just to make sure. But um, yeah, we yeah, may want to update some <laughs> some passwords as as uh, someone at the club might want to do that as well. Um, sort of sucks. Uh, interesting. Yeah, it's been a. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I just saw a bunch of political stuff on my twitter feed today this afternoon and i was thinking who is like who do i follow that would be posting this because the the username is just a a period so i clicked on the link and saw that it was orange county and went oh god when i think whoever hacked took took down took down the profile picture and all that fun stuff um so uh apparently though from what we you can read in twitter and on reddit um the club the league are aware of it they're trying to fix it with twitter um I'm sure if we were the LA Lakers or the Dallas Cowboys, it would be fixed by now. I'm sure Twitter would be on top of that. Um, but hopefully it gets fixed and hopefully, uh, you know, no more issues with that. Uh, I mean, I guess people think it's fun to do something like that. It's this fun little game, but I mean, 
really. <laughs> I think there's probably more money behind uh, this oh, I'm aspect sure. with all the the political talk onto it. But hey, oh, uh, if sure. anyone from the club is listening, I do know a guy who could do some security analysis for you. So uh, <laughs> shoot us a, an email. It'd do pro bono, right? Uh, I don't know what his going rate <laughs> is, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sort of sucks that uh, you have a, what, a 24 hour period, hopefully at the most of no tweets from Orange County Soccer Club at a key part of the season here. I'd love to be seeing what they have to say and, and all that wonderful stuff. Um, but hopefully it all gets fixed and, uh, you know, I guess you, it might be fixed by the time most of you are listening to this anyway. So, um, but yeah, a, a little hiccup there on social media, which I mean, I think bigger companies or corporations have had this happen to them. So um, at least it's not something like with like a major department store getting their credit card systems hacked and everyone's credit card information going to someone random person or people or group or whatever. So, I mean, Hey, even Uh, the, uh, (laughs) even the credit companies themselves with the Equifax breach, no one, no one's safe. So it's, it's one of those things you, 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 it's, it's not if it's going to happen. It's sort of the, when is it going to happen to me type thing? Um, I don't know about you, Dylan. I, I don't think I've had any major issues. I think I've had a couple times where uh, a credit card company has to send me a new card because there's the concern of something happening, but, um, and fingers crossed and knocking on wood right now that nothing happens. Uh, I'm not trying to put a target on my back. Any of you hackers out there that listen to this podcast, thank you for listening by the way, but hopefully you don't try to attack us. Uh, or oh, you can attack my bank account. You'll, <laughs> it will not be worth your effort. I assure you. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, another thing to talk about is we sort of teased at it last week and I actually la- or last week, last episode, um, I mentioned we're doing a, a, an awards and I'm going to be sending out polls um, on social media and whatnot. And I sort of thought we were going to wait a little bit until releasing it till more this week. Um, but I, A, I got a little anxious. I wanted to get out there and B, I just sort of wanted to give some time for people to actually look at some of these um, choices because we have 15 categories and some of them you know, really require you to go and look at the links. We, we've got some categories such as like assist of the year, goal of the year, celebration of the year. And unless you have a really great photographic memory and you can remember precisely um, which goals happen at which game and how they happened and whatnot, you know, you have to sort of go and look. And, and luckily for this, we've provided you those links on this, on this um, poll, on these polls to uh, give us the best answer. Um, but, you know, it takes a little bit of time. So I wanted to give people a chance to be able to actually look at them um, if it had to take a couple days, not a problem. So we've released the voting for the Orange and Black Soccer Cast Awards. Uh, the voting is going to be open until the 13th of October. So you still have about another week and a day or two to do that. Um, but there's some good categories on there for you to look at. Like I said, Assist of the Year, Goal of the Year, Celebration of the Year. We've even thrown in stuff like Best Hair uh, on the team. Um, who's been the best loney for the season, best forward or wing, best midfielder, best young player. Um, we got a, a <laughs> we got a write-in category if you want to vote for your fan of the year. Um, you know, you can do that as well. There's a bunch of categories on there, so feel free to go and um, check it out uh, and vote. You can we we've made it easy for you. You can go to you can go into your browser and type vote.occpodcast.com. It'll take you right to the voting page. So again, that's vote.occpodcast.com. It'll take you straight to the voting page. Or you can just go to our normal website uh, address, uh, orangeandblacksoccercast.com. And then right on that front page, there's a 
a link for you to click to take you to the voting page. But whichever way you choose to do so, go ahead and do that. Vote. Again, voting is open until the 13th. And then what we'll do is once the season is has ended, we will tally up all the votes. Um, we'll probably wait till after the playoffs because there's going to be a lot for us to talk about as we go through the playoffs here, hopefully for a few weeks into the playoffs. But once the season wraps up, the playoffs are over, we'll then go through and announce the winners of the first ever Orange and Black Soccer Cast Awards. And um, just looking at some of the responses, some of the you know results so far, we've already can probably project uh, some winners on some of these categories, but I don't want to pull a CNN or any other news network and do the whole, you know, we predict so-and-so is going to win and then something drastically changes. And now I have to retract that prediction. Um, yeah. We're better yeah. than CNN. We're the orange <laughs> and black soccer guys. Yes. We're better than CNN. Uh, we've got our title for, for this podcast episode right there. Great job, Dylan. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we're better than CNN. I love that. Um, well, with that said, then, uh, so make sure you go on and vote on that. Check out our website, too. You can find all of our episodes and news links for the club and all that stuff on there. Um, any random thing to say, Dylan, before we yes. Um If anyone at the club could, or maybe Richard will be listening, um, if we can get, like, a, a video of him dressing up as Simon Fowler and singing uh, Ocean Color Scenes the day we caught the train, like, with the, <laughs> with the bucket hat and the sunglasses and the plaid shirt, um, I can give you my my Indian food recommendations for Orange County. You know, you can give those recommendations, Dylan, but I, I think um, any person that loves Indian food is probably going to tell you it's nothing near what they can get in, in England. Um, oh, I'm sure. What you're but... probably going to provide is going to be the McDonald's, like, you know, the McDonald's of hamburgers. Like, you're going to say, oh, this is a great burger place. Go to McDonald's. Um, yeah, anyone that knows, and I, I'm sorry to say this, McDonald's, anyone that knows uh, good hamburgers, McDonald's isn't your first choice. Um, people go to McDonald's because it's quick and it's reasonably priced and um, their kids love the clown and other goofy characters that have been created by um, a restaurant corporation. Um, so I'm, I hate to say it, but I don't think there's any good Indian food restaurants in Orange County. But by all Bold means, if, if you, you want to offer that to him, wrong. tweet at us. Prove us wrong. Tweet us a recommendation for a great Indian food restaurant and we'll see uh, uh, maybe uh, we'll have to go test it out uh, <laughs> but hey by all means if if the someone at the club or if Richard himself wants wants to do that for you Dylan and maybe hear what you have to say about Indian food by all means alright so I'm thinking <laughs> right, Eva. Eva has some thoughts about Indian food as well yeah apparently um, so yeah, I don't have I don't think I have much randomness to say um, except for, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you come out and support your local team. Um, I've started, uh, or we've started using the hashtag support local uh, on most of our tweets to add on to all the other hashtags that we've added, my OCSC, my OCSC podcast, for County, um, and now I've added support local. Uh, you know, just like, you know, people like to support local businesses, local barbershop, instead of going to Supercuts or, uh, you know, something like that, you try and find a local barber, or instead of going to, you know, McDonald's or Wendy's or Burger King or whatever you try and find a local mom and pop burger chain or something like that. Uh, same thing with that, you know, support local, support your local pro sports team. Um, you know, maybe you love the LA galaxy, the LAFC or a team in, in Europe or whatever, but you have a local professional soccer team here that's investing money, trying to uh, put a quality product out there, support them. Um, it's, it's probably one of the best values you can get as far as the sporting experience in Southern California. Uh, best value for you know bang for your buck you're gonna have no bad seat in that stadium 
Uh, so, you know, that would be my thing is come on out, support your team, and they're making a run for the playoffs. It's a perfect time to join the, uh, the fan base. So come on out. All right. So I think that just about wraps it up for us here on this episode. Um, once again, I want to thank our guest, Richard Chaplow, for coming on and um, sharing some just, you know, thoughts about his soccer career, uh, his, his decision to retire, and potentially what hangs in the future. And, you know, again, Richard, if, you, if you're listening to our podcast, the offer is, is an ongoing offer. If you ever decide you want to, you know, join a podcast team uh, that makes no money, uh, feel free to, to contact Dylan or myself. And we, we have a, an open microphone for you at any point. Uh, you can come join us and be part of the uh, Orange and Black Soccer cast. Yeah, I mean, it won't <laughs> help with the, uh, the green card or the visa or anything, but you know, if he wants to have a, yeah, uh, if he wants to have a, uh, an Indian food segment. Why yeah, not? we could do that. We'll do that. I, I, I'm not a fan of Indian food, but we could do that. Anything for him. Why not? <laughs> apparently Dylan loves Indian food because he knows apparently some good ones in Orange County. It, it happens. Like, you were surprised that I was going to a classical music concert last week, which was amazing, <laughs> by the way. But what, that I was surprised or that the concert was amazing? Uh, that you were surprised. Okay. but So you're saying the, the concert wasn't amazing? It was amazing. See, look, look, Eva the cat said nope. Nah, she approves. <laughs> She's cultured or something like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, for those of you that listen to our live broadcast tonight, thank you for uh, tuning in. For those of you that are listening to the podcast and that you've continued to listen to us since the beginning, thanks for coming back each and every episode and listening to what we have to say about Orange County Soccer Club. For those of you that have just started listening, maybe uh, you joined us because you heard we had Richard Chaplow on and you wanted to hear what he had to say. Uh, I think we were probably one of the first uh, interviews that he had actually on like a sort of radio slash podcast type of thing after the uh, the announcement uh I can't, don't quote me on that. He may have spoken to a bunch of places, but I haven't heard it. Um, But, you know, if you're just now joining us for the first time, check back some of our old episodes, go to our website, find what we have talked about. Dylan and I always reference past episodes, so you can be part of that inside joke or that inside thought. Um, Yeah, with that said, uh, this is Ray for Dylan and Richard Chaplow. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are signing off. Podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com. The Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the Beautiful Game Network, bgn.fm.